Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Reason is uh, what's in the choice. Skeptics know that you do have a voice. Science is not so we'll be defiant as what we know, so it's best to apply it. Feed you information, deposit the knowledge, so you know ignorance is not an option. Welcome to the RSS feed with your host, Rain and Rose. Skeptical superwoman, but in plain clothes. She ain't no Jane Doe, nor she a day old. So the core arguments weekly molded like Plato. Kicking false info like Cato. But it should be your J-O. You expand your mind like a transit line. Nothing is ever true, cause you think so. It's evident that you never win. Cause the evidence you present is irrelevant in the present sense. It's reckless and negligent. So never ask questions or the things ignorance is good and relish it. So we spark the bait, cause you know the truth is hard to take it. Especially with so many false goods in these modern days. Oh, surreality, we start to face. Shout out to the skeptics. My freak thinking to live a cow. Besides, I fire a heat seeking aim that you shoot to win the leg. You weak creatures. Christian scientists choose to debate evolution. Elitists in the government that hate the revolution. Armchair activists who overthink their contribution to the movement. Cause they say they have solutions. So with Best to listen and understand skepticism is the religion. And so we get a better vision of how the world works in what we call marvelous to make a better future. You know that it starts with us. Progressive thoughts, progressive talks, the sharing of ideas, the medicine we need. Another source of the RSSP. Say what? Another source of the RSSP. Hey, everybody. This is Lena. Um... And you uh, have tuned in to another episode of the RSS feed. On uh, today's show, we'll be talking about the um, the film series. I don't even want to call them documentaries um, of Hidden Colors. Um, it's a series that is produced, um, you know, and directed by um, Tariq Nasheed. You might know from, um, you know, such glorious scholarly works as, um, you know, the uh, Flavor of Love Charm School and um, wonderfully written poems, I'm told, um, The Art of Macking. And um, I I think there are some other ones like The Art of Gold Digging. Um, You know, so he's... um, very well-respected scholar. I think this is Kim we have um, holding, so one moment. Hey, Kim, you're yeah. live. Hey, well, good afternoon, everybody. Hey. Um, how are you today? Hey, I'm well. Yourself? I'm well. I'm well. Um, <laughs> I kind of gave myself a little bit of a headache over the last week, you know, coming up with my notes. <laughs> for this show. <laughs> and it was, it oh, I understand what you're talking about. Been there, done that, right? <laughs> it, it was a challenge <laughs> to get back to what I needed to do. 
but um, I'm glad that um, I could finish, or at least I didn't finish necessarily. I want to, I will be writing some blogs on this, guys. So, um, you know, just so that the information is out there. But um, it is, it's just something else. I mean, we, there's a lot of crap to unpack, you know, in um, all of this. A lot. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But that's why we have this show. This is why we're going to talk about it today so that, you know, uh, you know, give people an opportunity to discuss um, this type of material because it's, it's, it's not necessarily just this documentary and we want to make sure we let people know we're, you know, there are a number of different books and documentaries and you know, websites out there that, you know, espouse this type of information. And what we're trying to do is we're going to tell you, um, well, we'll state, you know, what was said, and then we'll refute it and tell you why. And for those that are listening, if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can dial in to 310-982-4273. Again, that's 310-982-4273. If you would like to speak with us, press 1. And you also have the option to Skype in as well. So just click the big blue S next to the telephone number at the top of the page. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I was just telling the, the audience uh, at home about <laughs> about Tariq Nasheed. Um, it, it's it's kind of crazy to me that anyone actually pays attention to this crime. Um, you know, he he's you know, he's very sexist. Um, you know, I, I you know, from what I've seen and read of his, I'm not very impressed by his scholarship, frankly. Um, and certainly not after this, you know, quote unquote documentary. <laughs> I use that term very loosely. Um, because there's very little documentation and there's like like zero research that's been done as far as I can tell. Um, but, yeah, the um, inspiration for these films, according to Mr. Nasheed, is um, that he was watching a History Channel program that he felt went out of, his way, out of its way to omit the history of Africans in the Americas before European, you know, explorers. And, um, you know, it, this, this, this film or these films, they love everything conspiracy theory. You know, all things conspiracy theory. Like, they, if, if there's a conspiracy, they're on it. <laughs> you know, um, it's just no, there's just no skepticism at all. Um, there's, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of everything for everybody. I mean, it's, you know, HIV, uh, AIDS conspiracy theories, um <clears throat> Theories about, um, you know, you know, mass genocide um, involving even homosexuality of all things, um, you know, which is just just absurd, uh, just ridiculous. But um, they're they're very homophobic, um, very sort of anti-feminism. Not even sort of. I mean, just flat out anti-feminism, um, anti-woman, really, in my opinion. Um, 
you know, anti-birth control, um, you know, but there are some things that are true that they hit on, like, you know, there are some things, I'll, I'll, I'll put these up front just so that no one can say that I said nothing good about this film, you know, but there's like a couple of parts where they talk about how, you know, um, mostly all that you see when it comes to Africa is, you know, is bad things. Like they'll show you the poorest or the dirtiest places in Africa, um, or they'll show on TV or in the media, they'll show, you know, children who are hungry, um, you know, have the distended bellies, you know, all of that type of stuff. Um, but those things exist in Africa. You know, they exist in a lot of other places, too. You can find children in the United States who are hungry and have, you know, distended bellies and, you know, suffering from diseases that, you know, most of the world hasn't had to deal with since, like, before the early 1900s, you know. But um, they are right that, you know, there, there sometimes is a bias in the media that does not want to really show or depict the stories of, well, you know, people of color in general, but certainly not as um, people of color in these, um, these designated third world countries um, as having anything positive going on or having anything of value happening. And what do you think about that, Kim? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, those are all things that definitely need to be addressed and um, discussed in an honest, factual-based, you know, conversation. Um, with the conspiracy theories, um, Raina did a, a couple of shows on conspiracy theories, and you can find that in the archives. Go and take a look. That's and we have to address these type of things because you have people walking around believing um, this type of stuff and it's detrimental. And they continue to perpetuate it and have others believing it. And we're just trying to bring forth, you know, the facts behind it and we'll give you the information, the links, so you can go out and research it for yourself. We're not asking you to believe, you know, what we're saying verbatim. Go and research it. That's what we're challenging Absolutely. you to do. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, like I said, there's, it's not that there's nothing that's true in the documentary, but, you know, as we say quite often here on the show, even a broke clock is twi- right, correct twice a day. You know? <laughs> it's, yeah. um, it's, they're balancing it on something that's true occasionally. Um, but a lot of, you know, the majority of their their um, information, and I would say it's probably anywhere from, you know, 90 to 95% untrue, um, it, it, you know, it's composed of things that are um, speculative. Um, some of it's just, you know, downright, you know, from ignorance, like they just, you know, they just don't know that these things are out there. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it is just pure, you know, unadulterated bullshit. Um, and they and they kind of sound, well, I don't know. I'll let you guys judge for yourself. Um, I got a clip I'm going to play. And um, you guys, you know, you guys judge for yourself. I mean, hold on one moment. First of all, we must internalize the flatulation of the matter. 
by transmitting the effervescence of the Indonesian proximity in order to further segregate the crux of my venereal infection. If I may retain my liquids here for one moment, I'd like to continue the redundance of my quote-unquote intestinal tract because to preclude on the issue of world domination would only circumvent, excuse me, circumcise the revelation that reflects the aphrodisiac symptoms which now perpetrates the Jericho's activation. Do not misinterpret the chauvinistic... Give to the United Negro Scholarship Fund because a mind is a terrible thing to develop without help. Allow me to explain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. To be fair, to be fair, that wasn't actually a clip from the film. <laughs> that was actually a clip from In Living Color um, of, a, of, you know, um, Damon Wayans playing his character Oswald Bates. Unfortunately, though, <laughs> a lot of what is in these films does not sound <laughs> too unlike what you just heard. Um, it's, it's some of it's just completely unintelligible, um, and and the rest of it is you know you know people trying to put on sort of like they're more intelligent or that they're saying things that are more intelligent than you know than evidence would bear out. So. Um, <laughs> I know that was kind of mean, but I couldn't resist. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, but, like, seriously, though, like, the documentary kind of reminded me, okay, so you know that song, you remember that song that they used to play on the Tootsie Roll commercials? Um, you know, whatever it is, I think I see becomes a Tootsie Roll to me. You remember that? Song? Oh, yeah. I remember that. Okay. Every, like, while I was watching this, and, oh, my God, the movies are so long. Like, the first one is about 108 minutes long. So, you know, close to two hours, not quite. Um, the second one is two and a half hours long. And I just want to let you guys know that I really do care about you all and like what I do because I suffered for this show, okay? I suffered, okay? But, um... <laughs> I really did. I suffered through two and a half hours. Uh, well, really, I mean, put together nearly, you know, four and a half hours of complete nonsense. And it's just like, and it's so, and it's so crazy because they don't even give you a break. Like it's just like rapid fire bullshit. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> like you can't, you can't even breathe in between. Like the first time I was taking notes, it was um. It was like I was started to type something, and then like it would be the next thing, and I'd be so like, I, I'd be so like sideswiped by the bullshit that I just heard that I would just lose the last thing that I was actually typing. So I just decided to do away with the notes and kind of just you know write notes from memory, um, for that reason. But you know when I was making the reference to the tissue roll thing. You know, when I when I was watching it in my head, I was sort of thinking like, you know, these people kind of, you know, sound like, you know, whatever it is, I think I think becomes an African. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it was just like, 
<laughs> it was just crazy. Like everything was African. Like, like there's like you know anything like braiding. You know, like all language, all everything was African. And it's like on a cert on a certain level, like you understand like where all this comes from because there is a lot of history that we're not taught. You know what I mean? In in school, there's a lot of things that has been distorted purposefully by historians, by anthropologists, you know, by other people for racist reasons. Um, and, and those things remain to this day unchallenged. Um, some of those things are, are, are perpetuated purposefully. Um, you know what I mean? Right. But right. Um, none of that entitles, you know, to invent history. You know what I mean? Right. Or to or to um, blackwash history the same way that history in many ways has been whitewashed. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, it's, yeah, talked about I don't need how a sometimes done. Yeah. Right. And you know, we talked about how sometimes that's done to promote self-esteem because you know there's so much negativity coming towards, you know, communities of color and thrown towards and thrown at communities of color, and we want to build our self-esteem, and that's fine, but when you combine misinformation with that, you know, that's not helping anything or anybody. Right, exactly. Um, So, yeah, so we have to, um, you know, be aware of these things, that, you know, none of this is is helpful. You know, you don't want to lie to people. You want people to know history because knowing history is valuable. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry, Kim. I just, I just got your message. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I oh, that's okay. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, like I said, not everything is wrong. But um, you know, they start off, <laughs> they start off wrong. <laughs> They, um, they they really do. They start off like dead wrong. Um, it's they claim that the name Africa comes from um, a general, a Roman general named Scipio Africanus. Um, it actually it, it doesn't really take much to find this information out. You know, like two seconds on Google. You know, um, today's theme is going to be Google that shit. You know what I mean? That's gonna be exactly. and that's the wonderful world that we live in now. That we can now Google everything is at our fingertips. You can talk to someone on the other side of the world, have a conversation with them now. The technology has made all of this so much more convenient and so much more easier and that's the reason why you know, a lot of people are starting to wake up because now they can do the research and read this information for themselves. You know, especially those of us in the secular community, this is how it reinforces some of us that have, um, if you will, emerged from our cocoon, if you will, but with the same type of skepticism that you use for, you know, researching your non-belief or secularism, you have to use the same type of skepticism and do the same type of research for other things in your life, including when you get information such as this. Exactly, exactly. Just because it sounds good and it makes you feel good doesn't mean that it's true. Um, you know, so... <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading someone in the chat room. They said the Lord will lead us to the information. 
I guess the Lord led us into a recession, and the Lord is, you know, has led us into war. So I guess he'll lead us to the information too. But um, in any case, um, <laughs> uh, the name Scipio of Africanus. Um, Africanus is not a last name. Africanus is actually a nickname. Um, and because it's a nickname, there's no way that Africa was named for Scipio Africanus. But there are some ex- there are some various origins that are, you know, have some acceptance in academic circles, um, one of which is that it comes from uh, the name of um, a group of uh, Tunisian Berbers called the Afri. Um, another one um, says that it comes from the name Ifria, um, which is a, it means sunny place, and it's located um, in uh, Tunisia. Um, you know, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't come from Scipio Africanus. Incorrect. Um, and actually, Scipio Africanus got that name Africanus after he defeated Hannibal um, in the Second Punic War. So just so you know, if someone hits you with, you know, Africa was named after Scipio Africanus, call bullshit. Um, but there is like, okay, so I didn't tell you all of who is in this film. And I probably should do that because um, some of the reasons why, the, or some of the bullshit should sort of be obvious to people who are skeptical and familiar with these names. Um, one of them is Dr. Umar Johnson, who you may know um, because he's been on various on various television talk shows and other things talking about, um, you know, the same sort of things as um, Dr. Njufu, I forget his name, I forget his name, Sawanza. I forget his last name, but the guy who talks about the conspiracy to destroy black boys, um, which actually happens to have some, you know, credibility to it, but not not in the way that he frames it. Um, you know, he, you know, Dr. Imar Johnson kind of does the same thing. He's supposed to be a school psychologist, but I can find zero credentials for this individual. There is no, psych, you know, school psychology website that lists him having a license to practice. Um, and there's also Shaharazad Ali, or um, she is, uh, you know, this Tosu uh, relationship expert social commentator um, who likes to, you know, tell, you know, um, you know, likes to say things like, you know, black women sometimes need to be hit, um, you know, that we need to get back in our kitchens, and that kind of stuff, and we need to support our men and, you know, a whole host of other, you know, ignorant, patriarchal things. Once again, proving that sometimes women can be more patriarchal than men. Um, there's also Phil Valentine. Oh, Phil Valentine. Oh, dear. Um, that's the one you probably would not have heard so much about because he is um, mostly a YouTube sensation and... Um, he gets around in various, you know, sort of tofu dashikis circles, but he's not, he doesn't have, he hasn't reached sort of a, a wider audience in the way that, you know, Dr. Johnson and Shaharazad Ali have. Um, but he is, um, he's pretty friggin' out there. Like, he, he talks a lot about, you know, melanin magic theory and, 
you know, um, or magic melon and dairy, um, like a lot of other tofu dashiki, like jewel pukrum and some others. Um, then there is Booker T. Coleman, who I admit I am not familiar with at all. I've seen him sometimes in conjunction with, you know, searches on, you know, Phil Valentine and some of these other people. So he's basically along the same lines as the rest of them. Um, there, and then there's, um, I think that, oh, and then there's Francis Cress Welsing, who, <laughs> um, wrote the ISIS, who wrote the ISIS papers. Um, she yeah, is a MD. I'm sorry? No, I said that book I read. I, yeah. Uh, anyway, go ahead. She's an MD. Yeah, she's a legit MD. I think she actually still practices um, pediatric psychiatry. I would never, if I had a child, take my child to her because I think she's batshit crazy. But, <laughs> but, you know, that doesn't mean that she has not done good work for certain people. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some things that she says about white supremacy in general, like um, how, you know, talking about how white supremacy is sort of um, built on, you know, certain fears, and some of those fears have to do with, um, you know, genetic um annihilation, you know, as she puts it. Um, I, I I agree with some of that in, in terms of the larger, you know, you know, take home message. You know? I what I don't agree with is like some of the some of the things that she uses to support her theory. Um, talking about things like the diff you know, like how white men play with, you know, basketballs and various you know, sports when they're young, but as they get older, they play with little white balls or some crazy shit like that. Um, you know, the thing about there's a there's a part in her book where she has the Christmas tree and she tries to um, say suggest that the symbol the symbolism of the um, the Christmas tree and the symbology of the uh, cross um, somehow represent a phallus and testicles. Um, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of, you know, nonsense um, that she comes up with, and I'm not sure from where. Um, actually, I am sure from where, but I'm not going to say so right now. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> she, also, she also is in there. And I think that just about covers everyone who's in the first Hidden Colors film. Um, you know, a couple of the the, the people I mentioned are in the second film. Oh, there's this, also this guy named Sabir Bay, but he's only in there for like a very short period. He had, he doesn't really contribute much to the whole thing. Um, oh, I didn't mention how poorly edited this thing is. This thing is so poorly edited. Like there's just like I said before, like it's it, it is like rapid fire bullshit. Like the the sections and things they it, it's just like. It, 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 it would it would be almost like fact, 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 except it's not. It's bullshit, 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 bullshit. And, like, some of them, they don't even connect to one another. But, like, in the minds of the people who are doing this, I guess they connect together because they're also into, like, grand conspiracy theories. So we know that for most of the people who believe in grand conspiracy theories, just about everything is connected, you know. Um, so... Um, but yeah, so like 
it's some crazy bullshit, you know, in this film. But um, there's some really like, like, huh moments in this movie. Um, you know, there's yeah. So like, she she Shaharazad Ali claims that um, they don't know or we don't know what we did in China thirty five thousand years ago when they show the Great Wall of China, and I'm like, um. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. I was not I was not aware of any scholarship that proves that those were African people that made the Great Wall of China. Now I'll put I'll put it like this. They talk about a lot of different groups of people, from Fijians to um, you know, the Ainu of Japan to um, you know, various Indonesian people who are dark skinned. Um, dark skinned, you know, South Asians. And, you know, I mean Obviously, you know, everyone comes from Africa. That's what the evidence shows us. So you're bound to find dark-skinned people throughout the planet, you know. That's not a surprise. You know what I mean? But Uh to claim that they're African, I mean, first of all, there is no such thing as an African culture, an African civilization, just like there's really no European. Like, grouping them together is what we've done, but they're really not it's really not a group thing. You know what I mean? France has a different culture than, you know, Britain. Britain has a different culture than, you know, Italy. Italy has a different culture than Spain. Now, there are going to be there are bound to be similarities, but if you take any one of those countries and you compare them to any, you know, African cult country or, you know, South American country, you're bound to find some similarities. And you're bound to find mm-hmm. some differences. But, you know, the fact of the matter is is that we all are human beings and we all have evolved these brains. Um, and, we've, and we know that we've evolved these brains in, in essentially the same way because there's very little difference among us, you know. So exactly. we're bound to stumble upon, you know, similar ways of doing things, similar ways of being, you know, and none of these things necessarily have to originate from a single a single group, and they're and what they're trying to assert is that all knowledge, all everything comes from Africa. Well, all people come from Africa. So, I mean, what is your point? You know what I mean? Exactly. 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 Civilization derived. That's been proven. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know basically they're taking a lot of things for granted. They're manipulating the information and they're not being 100% truthful. And that's why you have to be careful because civilization did start in Africa, if you will. Now, what they did over at the Great Wall, I mean, go back and do your research. The information is out there. But, you know, the burden of proof is on them, but, you know, I still want you to go out and research on your own. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's at a certain point, it's like you. It, it's like they're claiming everybody's African, but at the same time, they're trying to say, okay, but we're better. You know what I mean? Somehow, like because we did it. It's like, but they, those were also, according to you, African people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, did we go and give them this, or did they already have this because they were also African, just happening to be in a different climate? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Someone in the chat room um, basically was saying that 
someone had told them that melanin cures AIDS and the reason why black people still die from it is because white people extract some of our our melanin when we get vaccinations. Now, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we're we're going to get to that part because that's actually um, sort of covered in the second film. Um, and we've got we've got time, you know. We're going to be here for a while, so you know. Oh yeah, back. but I was referring to the melanin thing. The melanin, yeah, you know, yeah. the reason why we have oh. different types of colors is because of melanin in this regional. I mean, there are exactly. scientific answers to that particular question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, someone's mentioning um, the kung fu thing. I guess since we just finished mentioning China, we can talk a little bit about that. They 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 claim in the documentary that. Um, martial arts, and and I think that um, part of the problem is is that most of us, when we think of martial arts, we only think about um, martial arts in Asia. But martial arts are really just codified systems and traditions of combat practice, mm-hmm. and and those are found throughout the world. Um, there are, you know, there's. Um, different types of African stick fighting, for example. Um, there's, you know, there's forms of African boxing, African wrestling. Um, there's, you know, of course, there's um, capoeira in um, South America, and you know, other various things. I mean, even even what we think of in terms of, um, you know, medieval times and knights and, um, you know, people sword fighting. That is a form of martial arts. Fencing is martial arts. It is a codified exactly. system of combat. Now, the uh, because we usually have, you know, we've been sort of conditioned to think of only, you know, sort of karate and, um, you know, kung fu as martial arts, some of us are don't recognize these other things as their own form of martial art. We, um, and I think that's a shame because it sort of minimizes <clears throat> what those things are and what they represent culturally. For those groups, they they do you know they have rules, they have structure. There are particular moves that you're supposed to do or not do. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And then there's it's um, kind of like a martial arts, and you're right, it is a dance. Because I mean, if you've ever watched people sparring, you know, not necessarily mm -hmm. the competitions when they're fighting itself, because that's different. But when you watch them sparring, it is kind of like a dance. You know, you present one move and automatically they, you know, resist or counteract with another move. And this is what you're taught when you're practicing martial arts. And it is especially like um, Taekwondo. That is a beautiful form of martial arts, you know. So you have the different forms out there. You have, you know, like she mentioned a few, Caparera, beautiful, beautiful martial arts. Um, That's what... What's her name? Jennifer Lopez did in that movie Enough. She was practicing capoeira. So, you know, there are a lot of different forms out there. A lot of different countries have their own version of it. So, no, it wasn't necessarily started in Africa, but Africa has some specialized martial arts that they do as well. well you know, Raina mentioned the stick fighting, and there are many other variations. Do your research. That's right. Um so, yeah, we have to, you know, keep that in mind. Um, actually, in the documentary, they make a claim that samurai, um, the samurai, you know, warrior tradition was started by Africans. And um, they even say that there is a, a, you know, a motto or a saying that you can't be a samurai unless you have some black blood in you. I could not trace this saying to any 
any source that I that I can deem reputable. The first and only time I've ever heard of it is in this documentary. And because this documentary does very little documentation <laughs> of anything that they say, uh-huh. um, <laughs> they don't provide many sources for anything that they say. As a matter of fact, a lot of times they'll tell a story or they'll um, start talking um, about an interaction between a group or, or groups of people, and they'll 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 use a dialogue. And you're like, where are you getting this dialogue from? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like the right. south to the north. Like you gonna give up your slaves? No, I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it happens like in a conversation like that. You know, it's it's so crazy. But um, in any case, um, you know, she said that Africans invented the wheel, the clock, mathematics, the alphabet. Well, you know, yes. I mean, some of those things were invented in Africa, but they. You know, there's no reason that they could not have also been invented other other places too, by other people exactly. with other human brains. You know exactly. what I mean? These are you know mm-hmm. moving moving things. You know, wanting to get from one place to another, you know, is a is a human problem. It, it's it, well, it's, an, it's a problem. It's a problem for most animals. You know what I mean? You have to figure out how to get there. So we have you know a system whereby we reason out how to accomplish certain activities, you know, with the tools that we have. And, you know, human beings have, you know, have, you know, are able to create their own tools. So it's not unreasonable that a we- that there was a wheel in Africa and a wheel in Europe and a wheel in Asia and that none of them had anything to do with each other. No one had to teach each other how to build a wheel. You know what I mean? Exactly. That, that it could have exactly. come up you know, without, you know, one African person or one African group spreading it out through throughout the world. It's possible. Um, and that type of thing is even evidence now. I mean, there are more than, you know, people, there are more than one person that can have the same exact thought. I mean, um, it, it's, that type of thing happens, you know, more than one person can invent the same type of invention, if you will. That's why you have a U.S. patent office. And whoever can get there first and has the best prototype, who does who gets it. But, yeah, you know, you had other thinking people in other countries at the same time, and they may have come up with the same thing around the same time. You know, um, you know, the alphabet was different, and it varied from country to country because, I mean, even, you know, um, you know, our language here in America, you know, is based off of a couple of different languages, you know, so you have to understand that. Right. And, I mean, if you want to get into, you know, languages and things like that, there are books and things that can teach you more about these things. Um, But, you know, there's, you know, what the roots are and, you know, where it comes from, what are the, you know, sort of African, um, you know, sort of the sort of North African-based languages or, you know, the the Asian languages or the Latin, you know, ro- or Romance language family. Like, there's there's documentation on that type of stuff. There's there's things on different Native American languages and where they come from. Um, but, again, a lot of this is going to be um, coming from the human brain. So there are some, there are some things that are going to remain somewhat standard, you know, not everything, but some things. 
So, I mean, if, you're, right. if you find similarities, it's not necessarily because one came from the other. You know, some 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 similarities are coincidental, and they they don't really provide you with any information. So, um, you just have to, you know, you just have to do some research. Um, and then, um, oh, there was one part where Phil Valentine claimed that um, whites are, you know, according to him, have cut off anything before six thousand years ago, so that they can diminish the accomplishments made by black people, but. He provides absolutely no evidence for this. And then he also refers to the Vatican having miles of storage in their facilities um, that, you know, are supposedly what he calls our artifacts. And But he provides no evidence of how he knows what is stored in those, you know, supposedly miles of storage. Um, and then he also claims <clears throat> that Egyptology was created by the Vatican as a screening mechanism to explain away what was being excavated and the claims of and and that claims of Egyptologists are suspect because he claims that they're agents of misinformation. Huh. Interesting. He says he says agents that you don't find Yeah, he mm-hmm. said, he claims that you don't find any Europeanology or um Franceology even though there are there is actually a branch of um Indianology um and there are also other you know ologies out there um but mm-hmm. they sometimes they also have other names in academic circles but um right. there are lots of different <laughs> ologies um right. I'm pretty sure there probably was a Europeanology at some point but <laughs> um wow <laughs> but he claims that this that that only Egyptology has that name, <laughs> which I think is really silly. Um, <laughs> That's the thing, you know, because, I mean, even, again, we're asking you all to use your critical thinking skills and to, you know, basically back up this type of information because he's making these types of assertions and he's making it with authority, if you will, and people are believing it. Now, if that was, you know, you know, let's say someone in your family or, you know, one of your church friends or the pastor or whatever, you know, many of us would demand that they show some type of evidence, some type of factual evidence to basically substantiate their argument. Same thing in this case. You know, he's stating that they have miles and miles of artifacts and books and all of that, then if that is the case, where did he get that knowledge? Or is this some type of special knowledge that only certain people have? You know, I want you all to put that in context and start comparing this and putting it next to each other to understand why it's so dangerous. Right. Um, another thing that he says is, um, um, <laughs> and the, oh, another thing that was said in there was um, by Shahadazad Ali. She claims that um, that there were never any cavemen in Africa, um, that Africans were never cavemen. And, um, you know, I just, I don't know, there was something about that statement that kind of grated on me. Like, first of all, like, <laughs> what is wrong with being in a cave if that is where you can find shelter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. the first problem I had with it, like, you know, um, 
you know, and then and then the other problem is, it's like, well, how do you know that? Have you done any research on that? So I actually did do some research on that question <laughs> because okay, I was a person. So I actually found out that there are numerous caves in Africa where there have been, you know, uh, fossils found. Um, and there's one in South Africa called the uh, Stefanton Caves. And in those caves, they have uncovered more than 500 or more hominids, um, ranging from Australopithecus um, to early Homo to Paranthropus. Now, these are not necessarily direct ancestors, um, all of them, uh, of, of, you know, of uh, modern humans, but it does show that there were at least some who were living in there. And how do we know they lived in there? Well, they recovered... And some of these caves um, burned animal bones, which proves that our ancestors mastered fire more than one million years ago. Now, Uh probably not many of us lived in caves, you know, in Africa. But at least some of us did, although caves were sometimes really, you know, kind of sketchy places. Because if if that was if that looked like good shelter to a human being, it probably also looked like great shelter to a to a lion, or, or not a lion, but, you know, some kind of, you know, large predatory animal, like a bear, you know, or wolves, right. or something along those lines. So those were kind of sketchy places to live. Not everybody could, could do that. Um, so, but it just goes to show you that, you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, do a little research, Google that shit. You know, exactly. if you don't know, Google, right. Yeah. Google that shit, you know, Bing it, you know, um, duck, duck, go. I mean, you know, even, even pirate, um, pirate Bay has a, you know, browser you can download, you know, do that, you know, <laughs> look, look this stuff up, you know? So Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's too funny, but see, you see how easily you were able to Google that information and refute, yeah. you know, one of the assertions made in the movie, stating that Africans never lived in caves. Now, you know, if they didn't live in a cave, you know, well, some of them, then where exactly did they live? And that information should have been brought forth as well, you know. But the well, thing there, is, there is, is that, some evidence know, on that. I mean, some, you right. know, some places. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of places in Africa who that have yet to been to have been excavated, and there are some places right. like you know just like other places where you know there were townships or there were settlements, but you know over time you know other groups you know might have stumbled across this stuff and made it may have used you know materials from those settlements or you know to build their own homes like um, you know some of the ruins in like you know in Central America. In Mexico, you know, some of those places were raided for materials because they were ready-made bricks there. You know, right. ready-made bricks, ready-made mortar. You know, and you know, all you had to do was just, you know, take it apart, take it back to your house. And so, some people actually had like, you know, pieces of bridges, you know, or you know, yeah. pieces of you know, temples in their homes. You know, because um, they're not worried about that; they're just worried about having a place to live. Like, you know, they're not using it anymore, you know. <laughs> right, so, exactly. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's very, it's very, you know, it's very likely that there's even more evidence about how, you know, early humans lived 
throughout the world, you know, and also in Africa. But there, you know, there's, you know, some people don't know that there are, you know, there are fortresses, there are fortifications, there are, you know, you know, large cities um, and, and monuments cut from, you know, stone in Africa prior to, you know, contact or what we ha- know is, of as documented contact with uh, Europeans, <clears throat> you know, if you want to, you know, use that as your marker. But, you know, there's, there was cultural exchange. There were people who were interacting with each other on the Silk Road. There were, you know, there was trade going on. So, you know, there were things you know, traded on both sides. You know, you trade you trade some gold, you, some gold for some, you know, some materials. You might also hear about a different way to build something or a new school where you can learn to do those things. So, I mean, there's all sorts of things that happen, you know. Cultures okay. are not, you know, static, you know, um, things. You know, they, they change, they evolve, and when they contact other, you know, cultures, sometimes they take on things from the other culture that work for them and they discard the rest. You know, exactly. So, um, so yeah. So <laughs> that was that was one of the funny things I thought. And when I came across, that, I was like, "That is so funny." She needs to learn learn how to use Google. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, not not exactly, you know, proof that we lived in caves. Like, you know, that humans lived in caves in Africa. But you know, it's a, it's an indication that it might have happened at some point. Um. So we already talked about martial arts. Um, okay, so here's another what the fuck. <laughs> um, there was um, this guy Booker Booker Coleman um, Booker T Coleman. Um, he was talking about um, you know various um, figures in European history <laughs> that were supposed to be black. And he claims that Hypatia was black and that Romans killed her because she they didn't want blacks being seen as intelligent. I'm pretty sure wow. that that didn't happen. Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not why it was. Um, as I recall, it had something to do with the Christians and um, that she looked like she was doing something, like she was working, um, she was working with, another, I forget what the guy's name was, but she was working with someone else. The Christians didn't like what she was doing, and they killed her, as as far as I recall. Now, of course, I'm not a historian. I'm not speaking as a historian, but I'm fairly sure that's how it happened. And I don't recall anything, anything ever being written or said about her being black. It's not, you know, not that it's impossible, you know what I mean, but mm-hmm. I just, I, I have not come across any information like that, and they don't provide any. Um, and and because they speculate so much on who was black and who wasn't, um, you know, I can't really regard them as a good source. You know, I mean, they claim that Beethoven was a Moor whose name was actually Toven Bay. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, Wow. You know, it's just you know, no evidence given. Just he was Tovin Bay, because I said so, and that's what happened. Um. So yeah, they um, I guess I can tell you about some of the other people they claim were. Um, they said King Charles was black. Um, now I I 
sorry, there were a couple different King Charleses, so I wasn't sure exactly which one it was. But um, I looked it up, and um, I, I, I don't remember which one it was, but I did make a note that according to the sources that I came across, he wasn't called King Charles because he was a black. Um, he was called that because he had dark eyes and dark hair. Um, and then, oh, and then Phil Valentine. Oh, let's go back to Phil Valentine. He said, and, and the Tobin Bay thing, Phil Valentine claims that the melanin kicked in when Beethoven started to go deaf and that he heard music better when he was deaf. Than he had before. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Yes, girl. Okay. In the second, okay, so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. So in the second documentary, um, they they start off talking. It's the second one is called the Triumph of Melanin. Oh dear. Well, <laughs> they they claim that they claim in the second documentary that melanin among other things, um, is primarily a neurochemical, which it is, it's not primarily a neurochemical. It is a pigment. Um, it happens to be in certain areas in the brain, um, and it has some, um, some, you know, some various, um, some various roles in, in those, in those um, areas. But I'll talk about it as a pigment first. Um, so melanin is the pigment that makes your skin um, brown, dark, um, you know, you know, we how it gives us all of the various complexions that we have, um, you know, throughout the world. You know, from you know cafe au lait to you know deep black, um, you know, and they 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 talk about it coming from the pineal gland, which everyone makes a big fuss over the pineal gland. And I'm gonna have to write something about this because I'm tired of people bringing it up to me, and I just want to give them the link and tell them to read and leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but um, but actually, the pineal gland does not make melanin. It makes melatonin. And very often, tofu dashiki is uh, confused melatonin and melanin. Uh, melatonin is neurochemical, and it helps in, in various ways to regulate sleep cycles. Um, it, it is not a, um, a pigment. Um, <laughs> melanin... Actually, it's primarily produced in melanocytes, um, but it is also found in, um, you know, areas like the locus ceruleus and um, substantia nigra. Um, and what we know um, from from the science um, that has been done so far is that melanin seems to um, kind of latch onto, if you will, um, you know, various toxins and metals that are in the brain that are toxic. Um, and they're generally, they're, you know, neuromelanin is found in areas um, alongside, of, you know, dopamine. So, um, you know, when you're talking about uh, Parkinson's, for example, you get degeneration of dopaminergic neurons, but in those same neurons and, and, and structures, you also see depletion of neuromelanin. So it's an indication that neuromelanin is in, in, important in sort of um, helping to preserve these regions um, from from damage. So, so it has it has other roles. Um, but the pineal gland is not your third eye. Melatonin is not melanin. If you don't get anything else from this conversation, please take those two things home. 
Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, wow. But yeah. Wow. So yeah. It, so that so that's like one of the first things that they say. And then after they talk about that, <laughs> they claim that mel- melanin is a communications device. Now, when I told one of my friends about this, we had a laugh. We were dying laughing, and my friend said that he actually gets um, melanin text messages from Angela Bassett on a regular basis, so he knows this to be true. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Of course, he was joking, but, you know. But... um, I get my hidden messages from comic books, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I had to get melanin wow. text messages from anyone, I would get them from um, Morris Chestnut because he is fine. But that's another story. He <laughs> 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 could text me all day on the melanin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it's just, okay. you know, like I said, you know, again, like she said, if you don't get anything else, pay attention to that. Melanin and melatonin are not the same thing. Not the same thing. Um, so, yes, yeah, so <laughs> I just had to say that because that was just crazy, crazy, crazy. But, um, but yeah, so they talked about melanin and melatonin. They're not the same things. Um You know, and of course, you know, melanin and magic melanin is a major thing that factors into Francis Cress Welsing's ideology and in Anthony Browder's ideology that he, um, and he's actually in the second film. Um, Anthony T. Browder, I remember reading some of Anthony T. Browder's stuff. I'm not proud to say this. When I was like a teenager, and I remember, I remember that, you know, like I wasn't, you know, well-versed in tofu dashikiism, but I, you know, I was open to a lot of things when I was younger. I read a lot of things. I read widely, and I happened to come across this cat. And I remember reading his stuff, and he was talking about, like, how, you know, melanin allows you to, like, levitate among other things, and I was just, like, what the hell? And I think that was the minute I closed the book, and I set it to the side, and I didn't pick it up again. <laughs> You know, we should all be magicians. You know, why aren't black people dominating that exactly. We're black David Copperfields, you know? Right. <laughs> anyway. Um... I mean, I would, love to, I would love to learn how to, to um, levitate because I would go to churches, levitate in front, and make them give me the tithes and offering to stop and to leave because you know it would spook the hell out of them. I had to practice my oh, levitating. Yeah. They probably would start. They probably would start speaking in tongues and throwing holy water at you. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, so so yeah, this magic melanin stuff is kind of troubling. Um, but to get back to the melanin question in terms of HIV/AIDS, yeah, they don't really talk necessarily about you know people robbing you of your melanin to give you disease or anything in these things, but you 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 pretty much get from them that that's something that they also believe in. 
um, they talk about HIV AIDS being a hoax, and they say that um, gay men only were getting HIV AIDS, or, or they, the HIV is actually, oh, Phil Valentine actually says this. Phil Valentine says that HIV is actually a benign virus, that it causes no harm, and that what actually causes harm are drugs. And he claims that it, that AIDS was actually experienced by gay men who used poppers and um, things like GHB during the 1970s. Yeah, wow. that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Despite all of the wow. evidence that, you know, that HIV causes AIDS. You know, they're saying this. But, of course, there are some, you know, it's not just black people that believe this. There are white, um, you know, white people who believe this. There's actually, um, you know, one of the guys who um, found HIV actually, um, you know, goes around saying that HIV does not cause AIDS. And he has a Ph.D., um, which only go, which goes to show you that, you know, when you're talking about science, you really need to follow the evidence. You don't follow the people. Because the people right. can be just as batshit crazy as, um, you know, the people in science and the people in these, you know, sort of expert expert positions, um, they can be just as batshit crazy as anybody else. Um, you know, there, there, there are scientists out there who believe in a wide, wide array of conspiracy theories that are unsupported. Um, you know, you don't believe them just because they have initials behind their name. You believe them because they can demonstrate what they are claiming with evidence. And um, so, yeah, so you have to, um, <laughs> you know, you have to watch that. I mean, because that is a really dangerous thing um, to be saying. Now, they do they do make one uh, statement that I sort of um, – I sort of kind of have to give a little bit of credence to when they're talking about um, HIV gets painted a lot as a um, black epidemic, like it's a black problem. And I do think that that, I do think that that is part of the problem in trying to um, reduce HIV infections and um, getting people to, um, you know, to recognize that we should, we should probably just make HIV testing a routine part of a physical examination that you get once a year, you know, just to make it, you know, something that is routine so that it's not, you know, it's not something like, you know, people get afraid of. It doesn't have the stigma attached to it, you know, because HIV diagnoses are not, you know, sort of the death sentence that they used to be. You know, um, you can live a very long life with HIV, um, you just have to take care of yourself, maintain yourself. You can even prevent yourself from passing it on to your partner or your children. You know, there's you know there's a lot of things that are di- that is different now about having HIV that you know than they were, you know, in the 1970s and 1980s when it was you know first coming to light. Um, but I, I do I do think that you um, that it's a problem when we sort of characterize it as a black problem because we do know that, you know, sometimes when we characterize things as black problems in this country, they're not taken very seriously um, for for reasons that we've stated on other shows. But there, exactly. is, um, there is a growing epidemic um, of HIV infection in Eastern Europe that people don't talk about um, a whole lot. But um, it you know it's a problem. It's a problem for all of us. It's a worldwide problem, 
And until we talk about, you know, um, until we do things to erase the stigma, until we have real conversations about, um, you know, STD prevention, we talk about real things like, you know, vaccinations, you know, and, and get really serious about, you know, generating vaccinations that will prevent these sorts of diseases and, you know, making sure that people are aware of various methods of contraception and have access to them, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're going to have this problem. We're going to continue having this problem. So it's, it's, we have the potential to eliminate or to reduce HIV to the point of, you know, one day maybe we'll look up and we'll say something like, you know, hey, What's HIV? I have to look that up. You know, we have that potential, but yeah. there's 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 really only you know one real way to do that, and that's to do the things that I mentioned. You know, exactly, exactly. So, you know, like I said, guys, it's just looking at it, and you know, she's talking about both films and. You have to, again, make yourself aware because if you have people running around and making these sort of claims, and especially the claim, you know, that HIV does not cause AIDS, that can cause a lot of issues. That combined with, you know, some of these religious people saying that condoms, you know, um, assist in the spread of HIV and AIDS and all of this misinformation out there, and, you know, if you look at the numbers from the CDC and the NIH, the information that they're putting out there, it's increasing, in particular in, in communities of color amongst women of color, and we can't continue to allow that. You know, it's preventable. It's preventable, and this type of information doesn't help. So, you know, that's why it's, it's important that we're vocal and we challenge and we criticize and critique this type of information coming out, but, but before you can do that, you have to be knowledgeable yourself. You have to go out and do the research. You know, you just can't take that type of stuff at face value and then continue to perpetuate it by telling others. You know, that's dangerous. It's irresponsible, and people are losing their lives over this. Absolutely. They are. Um, and, and and they were back then, too. I mean, I I talked about, you know, Dr. Sadie before, Um you know, on, on other shows and what have you. And Dr. Sabi is one of the these guys that was in, you know, in the early 1980s who was saying that he could cure HIV and AIDS. He was among a crop of individuals who claimed that they could cure HIV AIDS with things like elephant urine, you know, and other things. You know, these clearly quacks, you know, clearly people who are, you know, aren't, not able to do what they say they can do scientifically. But, um, you know, people were desperate, and they played on that desperation. And there are people who are um, in our community very distrustful of medical science, um, some for good reasons, some for not so good reasons, um, you know, who who run to people like, you know, Sadie and um, Phil Valentine and others um, who claim that they can heal them, you know, with, um, you know, thoroughly debunked most of them ways of of you know ways of you know supposedly healing folks like um you know homeopathy or you know you know herbs with no you know with no proven medicinal value um you know there's there's one part in the movie where 
um, they claim that um, they talk about, you know, music and the the Renaissance, and they're talking about how um, the lewd um, was the precursor to the lute. And they say that somewhere in, I don't know, they didn't say where in Africa. They, As much as they talk about all the this great civilizations in Africa and why we don't, we're not told about all the different great civilizations in Africa, they keep referring to Africa as though it is a country. You know what I mean? Right. And that pissed me right. off. Like, you know, it's like they never name names hardly. Like, they... You know, the only, I mean, they name sometimes, but it's usually in conjunction with, like, a person that they're naming from this place. When they're talking about a particular practice or a particular belief system, they're referring it to it as an African spiritual system or African culture or, you know, as though it was just one empire, you know? And it, as yeah. though there weren't, you know, the Fon and the Fulani and, you know, the, you know, um you know, I, I'm blanking on names right now, but the Soniki and the, you know what I mean? And the, um, you know, the uh, I, the Khoisan, you know what I mean? There are all types of groups in in Africa, you know, throughout the continent. And, you know, they had different, you know, there are some differences between them. There's a lot of similarities, but like I said, there's a lot of similarities because we're human. You know what I mean? a lot of those similarities. Exactly. And some of those similarities come from climate too, you know. Um, you know, the more the more like your climate is, the more the more likely you're gonna have, you know, more things in common. You know, you're gonna figure out how to do things differently. You know, you're not gonna dress like someone who lives in, you know, Scandinavia if you live, you know, in, in South Africa. You know? You're not going to dress like someone in um the Caribbean if you live in a you know, Siberia. You know, so exactly. there are differences, but they're not necessarily differences because we're just different species or something. We're different because of our circumstances, of our environment, you know. Um, exactly. But, yeah, so um, they talked about, like, how they would take, like, the loot and they would put it over the body of a person who was sick, and they would strum the keys. And those keys would, um, you know, release the humors. You know, I mean, they're, they actually, what? they're talking about humors, like black bile, blood, phlegm. They're talking about the humors. No one has used humoral theory in medicine anywhere on the planet in, like, several centuries. It's been disproven. Wow like so long ago, and yet they're in this documentary talking about humoral theory like it's really, like it's like it's still a thing, like it's, like it still works. Yeah. Wow. 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 Are yeah. these people religious also? Um, Some of them are. It seems like, I think Therese Nasheed, um is some form of Christian, and I think some of them, uh, some of the other ones are too. Um, they, there's a whole, uh, um, you know, uh, section where they talk about um, spirituality, both in the first one and in the second one. In the second one, they talk about spiritual warfare. Um, <laughs> and, and funny thing is, Kim, included in the spiritual warfare section is a section where they talk about <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> and they, call, they say Santa Claus was black. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh. I'm like, why do you care? <laughs> right. 
Why do you care about a fictional character? It was the most ridiculous thing ever to include. Like, I was like, you guys are just, like, if this wasn't ridiculous before, you just took it to another level of ridiculousness. Now we're talking about the color of a fictional character. Now they were talking about St. Nicholas, but then they were saying that, you know, it was a black man or whatever. Who cares? You know what I mean? You're talking (laughs) about Santa Claus, you know? I mean, but the thing um, is, is that with, with the fictional Santa Claus that, you know, that's perpetuating these cultures, that's one thing. But, I mean, if you have people out there that are kind and trying to help families and help children, it doesn't matter what color they are. And, no. you know, it, it's, it's just it's, it's ridiculous. Although I will have to say, in Holland, they do have, they do have a very, um, they have a very racist sort of <laughs> Christmas tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Of course, they don't think it's racist, but there's a character. Santa has a slave in Holland, basically. Santa has exactly. a slave named, named yeah. um, what's his name, Pete? I forget. Pete, I forget yeah, what his, Pete, what, yeah, Pete. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. And every year, and, they celebrate that. And they dress up like him. And, and people dress mm-hmm. up like him, and it's and it's and it's fairly offensive the way that they do it. And actually, I was just looking at um, <laughs> uh, you know W. Kamal Bell. Um, he had a woman on his show who is in a interracial relationship with a man from Holland, and she was saying, you know, when I think about blackface, I think about lynching. When my when my husband thinks about lynch, uh, blackface, he thinks about Christmas. And he was like, and she said, so we compromised by celebrating Kwanzaa. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. But I mean, it's, it's just. But that's why you have to do the research. Because I remember posting something about that a little while ago. And you know, not only that, you know, there are a lot of different countries that have different, you know, traditions as far as who Santa Claus or Saint Pete or Saint. You know, these different saints, if you will But um, I don't know You know, someone in the chat room said Are any of these people black nationalists? Because some like of these same arguments Exactly I've heard, I've heard the same <laughs> arguments From black nationalists um, I remember uh, one particular Set of black nationalists That I encountered within the past year Here in Chicago and, you know, of course, you know, I talk about HIV and AIDS outreach to communities of color. And he said nothing at first, and then later on, yeah, it's Krampus, exactly, that's the evil Santa Claus. Um, but the guy later on, he said, well, he doesn't believe in, you know, HIV and AIDS. He doesn't believe that it exists. And was telling me to go look up that Sabian, um, about the Kenyan prostitutes and all of that. And, you know, of course, oh, I just yeah, smiled. Oh, yeah, I think we had that conversation and, before. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, I was just smiling and grinning, and I walked away because I'm like, okay, uh, I'm not about to argue with you folks. That's what you believe, so be it, but it was nice meeting you, and have a lovely day because, you know, and then you you back out smiling, (laughs) back out of the room slowly. Yeah, no, make no sudden moves. No, um, <laughs> but no, it's it's really I mean, it's really sad. But they're talking about like the Black Madonnas, and there's there's a couple of different theories on the Black Madonnas. Um, you know, some of them have to do with you know you know wanting to represent the cultural or sort of the the you know the people who are around them. Some of them are just black because of you know 
you know, lead-based paint or exposure to the elements, you know, and and I forget what the third one was, but regardless, who cares about fictional characters? There's no evidence that any of these people lived. You know exactly. what I mean? So it's right. really, to me, a moot point. I mean, of course, I'm an atheist, so I really don't care. But, exactly. I mean, I guess they care because they believe, but I, you know. I just asked them, like, what's I mean, the other the, 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 yeah. the little old lady up the block could be Santa Claus, as far as I'm concerned, because if she sees the kids outside and she knows these kids come from a difficult, you know, disadvantaged home, and she tries to feed them because they're not getting what they need from home, that's Santa Claus, damn it. That's a real-life Santa Claus, because she doesn't have to do that. And she's taking care of those kids on the block. I've seen people do that. So, I mean, whatever you want to call Santa Claus, I mean, the <laughs> actual character itself doesn't it doesn't exist but hell right. it's about people helping people okay so um <laughs> i have to mention this although i don't really want to mm-hmm. but you know what they mentioned kim it has to do with a certain chapel and a certain artist by the name of michelangelo so they, um, <laughs> of course, they've, again, this is one of those one of those parts where, you know, without sources, they provide a dialogue that supposedly happened between Michelangelo and the Pope at that time, um, <laughs> talking about, wow. you know, wanting to represent, you know, Christ and, you know, you know, the rest of the characters as white. And he said that they're, and he's like, but there are no models for European, you know, Europeanized figures. You know what I mean? And he's like, like, well, you'll think of something. And he's like, oh, I'll just use my family. You know what I mean? Like, when did that conversation happen? Where is that documented anywhere? Come on now. Exactly. Um, and And then there's another one. I have to mention, um, there's a painting that actually that they show, and it's from Syria, and um, and it's supposedly the oldest depiction of Jesus, and they claim that this supports their theory that Jesus was black. You cannot really see a whole lot of the features of this person because it's kind of done very small. You know what I mean? Right. But right. even if you could, like, it's okay. like well, since when is a painting a Polaroid? You know what I mean? <laughs> like especially, right. especially, especially before people were doing like, you know, were really about realism. You know what I mean exactly. about artistic realism? Because artistic realism was not always the norm. You know, these were That's true. You know, they, you know these were you know stylized you know, presentations a lot of times. I mean, they even talk about the Buddhas, and they talk about how, like, the Buddha's hair is supposed to, you know, it looks naughty. Well, that's just a representation. It's a style. It's not It's not meant to be right. interpreted as this is actually what Buddha looks like. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. You know, just, you oh, you know, there are different representations, different interpretations of what, you know, a lot of these quote-unquote holy men, you know, may have looked like, and just because you picked that one and you're sticking with it doesn't mean that it's the correct one. But, you know, going back to the Jesus thing, it's not even been proven that he ever existed. But, again, they're making it up as they go along, and people are falling in line with it. That's why I was asking if they were religious because, um, 
just the behavior and the behavior patterns, you know, just indicates that it's ridiculous. I'll say that both of them seem like they're religious. Um, Tariq Nasheed seems like he's religious. Um, Shaharazad Ali seems like she's religious. Cress Welsing seems like she's religious. However, if 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 there are some people in these documentaries who are not religious, and Phil Valentine's one of those, you know, I'm a spiritual, you know, metaphysical type, you know what I mean? So he believes in all that Jesus stuff, but they believe, oh, I didn't get to that part. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to skip ahead in a second. But, uh, <laughs> but right. you know, they, they sort of believe in it. Um, in one way or another, so like it's a like a pseudo spiritual thing. Like I pick and choose, and this is and this sort of brings me to the next part. They claim that Christianity, or one of them, Booker Booker T. Coleman, claims that <laughs> that Christianity comes out of the Amen priesthood. Now, if you know anything about Amenhotep, Amenhotep was a pharaoh in Egypt, and Amenhotep was um, as far as history shows, the very first person to introduce monotheism, and this was very, this was very, you know, you know, very, um, you know, very political situation that he, you know, you know, introducing monotheism in Egypt um, because Egyptians up until that point were polytheistic, right? And and he moved the capital of Egypt. Um, he moved it to another city and, you know, started and built his own temples and everything. As a matter of fact, that whole city was abandoned after he died. And they went back oh, wow. to, the old, to the old, you know, religion um, because people were very unhappy with this Amen priesthood situation. Um, but um, they claim that it comes from the Amen priesthood, but then they claim that the story of Christ comes from Osiris. Osiris and Amen were not the same thing. You know what I mean? Right. They weren't mm-hmm. they weren't even remotely similar. So to to say that those two things, you know, came together and formed Christianity is A not documented anywhere. It's not proven anywhere. And B it just seems rather unlikely that those two things would be you know, put together for, you know, to create another religion. They also claim that every religion that's on the planet comes from the African spiritual tradition. Again, you know, blending all of these different cultures in all of these different places together and calling them the African spiritual system, which is not, you know, the same. Because, you know, Yoruba is not the same as, you know, the Egyptian religious system. Not the same. It's not the same exactly. as you know. It's not. It's not the same as a lot of other sort of spiritual traditions on the planet and um, on, on in Africa rather. And so there's really no documentation that links them, and there's certainly no documentation that proves that all of these things um, gave rise to the the various Asian um, religions, East Asian religions, um, including Hinduism and you know Taoism. Um, and you know, and Buddhism. There's nothing that shows, you know, how um, that these African, you know, I'm using their their words, African spiritual systems gave rise to Mithraism or Christianity or you know those sorts of things. Now there are similarities between the Egyptian pantheon and the Roman and Greek pantheon, so that doesn't necessarily mean that they directly stole or 
you know, or that they did not come up with these things on their own. They're, they could have influenced each other, you know, because there mm-hmm. is influence when there's, when cultures get, in, you know, get to in, involved with each other in, in trade and in other things. So there could have been cultural exchange. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that the Romans saw what they had and they were like, oh, let's just take this home. <laughs> exactly. I mean? Exactly. So it's just, you know. It's just ridiculous, but um, so yeah, so there's there's those things, and then um, oh, man, but um, there's so so yeah, so that covers that little Amen Hotep thing. I'm done with religion. I'm done with it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore about religion. I'm done with it. <laughs> Over it. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> so um. Let's see how much time do we have left? Because we've we've talked about a lot of stuff. We only have thirty minutes left, and there's so much more that we can talk about. But um, they talk about so going back to Europe. Okay, so they talk about the the Grimaldis, and so they talk about these fossils that were found in Europe that were supposed to have African features. Um, okay, I've heard about this thing for years, and I never I never really looked into it, never really questioned it because it really didn't make much of a difference in my mind because if we all know that modern humans came from Africa, we know that there were Africans in, in all of those corners, you know, in, in all of, you know, Europe and Asia at some point, right? Except that these Grimaldi fossils that were said to have been African, they actually come from a racist ideology. They were actually interpreted from a racist ideology by a man named, um, what was his name? His name was Arthur de Gobineau. And his theory was that whites were the original race and that everyone came from whites. And so there had to be some kind of missing link between Europeans and Africans. So when they encountered these fossils, they judged these fossils because of various anatomical features on these fossils to be Afri- African. But there's really no evidence that, that they have to be African or that they are African. Um, one of the problems is, is that um, they, they interpreted the lower jaw, the lower jaw protrudes in, I think, at least one of those fossils from, um, you know, the, the lower jaw protrudes a little bit. It comes out. Um, and so that was thought to be sort of an African sort of, you know, ape-like you know, um, feature. And so they tried to say that because of that and because of the way that the the, the upper jaw kind of um, came forward a little bit but or slanted a little bit, that that must have been an, an African. Well, there, there's really not a whole lot of data to, to show what those what those fossils are. But they're not African. Or they're, they're, it's thought that they're not African, that they're um, maybe some early form of hominid. They're not sure. It might even be Cro-Magnon. But um, the point is, is that the that the interpretation of these fossils was made for racist purposes, to support a racist theory that is unscientific and has no support. So. Um, they shouldn't even tofu dashiki shouldn't even be bringing up Grimaldi, the Grimaldi fossils, the Grimaldi man, because these um, these fossils are are you know they were used by racist 
the racist whites, the racist scholars that they accuse of hiding all of our history in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. It makes me wonder if they've done any research of their own, or is this is is mind boggling. Why would you use evidence for somebody who was trying to prove that you shouldn't even exist in the first place? Because they don't know anything about it. Because they know nothing about it. They know absolutely nothing about it. And that and that's the point. That that was one of the the things that like killed me. And I found that out with very very little, you know, effort. Um, and like I said, I'll write all of this up and I'll put it on my blog, and that way it'll be there as a resource. But I just, I mean, I was, I was shocked. I was like, this makes no sense. You, and and you know what? Actually, if you look into a lot of things that Tofu Dashikius, you know, kind of believe in and and promote, a lot of that stuff has origins um, in in you know racist, you know, white supremacist ideology. But they they think that I guess by um, by twisting it or altering it that somehow it it's no longer racist anymore at least not racist to blacks um, and I find it very interesting because on the one hand they put down white scholarship but when they're ready to use it to to say that blacks are superior they'll use it not realizing that the intention was to say that blacks were inferior in the first place. You know? Wow. Exactly. But, um, there was there was one really interesting article that I came across, and I'll have to post that somewhere. But it was about, um, it was actually about, um, about uh, early human migration and, um, and, well, sort of where where Europeans sort of come from on the um you know, in, in that migration pattern. It looks like it looks like Africans went into um South Asia and then from South Asia they went north and, and west. So it doesn't look like we went straight north. We went into South Asia and then back north and back west. And also and also across the Bering Strait. So that that's huh. pretty much what the map of of, you know, human migration sort of looks like. Right. Which I thought was interesting. I'll have to post that on your wall. I thought that was interesting. Um so yeah, so we talked about so that's that covers Europe. <laughs> I'm sorry if it seems like I'm going all over the place, but like I said, this 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 documentary was like rapid fire bullshit. You know? <laughs> so sometimes they're out of order, you know? But then okay, so they finally got to the Americas. Okay, and so they claim that Africans actually were in the Americas before European explorers. And they and they, they claim you know, um, various, um, various, you know, evidence for this, except that most of their evidence turns out to be not evidence for their position at all, <laughs> but actually refutes their position. So um, they talk about, like, one of the first maps that actually depicted America on it, um, and it was supposed to be by this guy, Mohammed Aldrisi. And um, that map was actually 
I think, made sometime in the early 1500s, like maybe around 1510. By that point, Europe had, had quote-unquote, discovered America. So that one doesn't count. So we throw that bit of evidence out. Um, there's another map that they claim, um, or, or another map that they claim, you know, proves that Africans were in America, and that was discovered by Piri Reyes, called the Piri Reyes map. That map was actually made also in the early 1500s, um, and um, <laughs> that map uh, obviously cannot be used to say that Africans were in the Americas prior to European explorers, because European explorers had been in the Americas by that point. Um, then there's another map. It's the Walton-Mueller map. Walton-Mueller map was um, it was made in the early 1500s, and they claim um, Tariq Nasheed actually um, directly makes the claim that Wal Walton-Mueller actually um, said that he got he sourced um, remnants of Egyptian um, maps for his map. Cannot find those sources anywhere. If anyone would like to present those sources to me, please do, because there's no evidence that that actually happened. And because the map was made in the 1500s, he obviously had access to other materials, you know, other maps that would have been made of the Americas, and so those claims are, you know, you know, suspect. Um, let's see. They claim a Sanskrit map. They don't say whose map was in Sanskrit, so you can't even look that up, um, at least not directly, but I'll keep looking. Um, they cite the Olmec heads as being um, Africoid. Um, I'm not necessarily convinced that they are Africoid. Um, I don't have any cousins that look like that. Um, I've, never, I've, never met any, I've never met any Africans that look like that. Um, so, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but kind of need more evidence than that, especially because we know that people made a lot of things that they didn't, you know, they didn't necessarily see. They're just stylized. They're representations of other things, you know? So there's right. really no reason that they have to be. I mean, the heads on Easter Island, I know no one's going to try to tell me that those heads on Easter Island represent real people and what they actually looked like in real life. No one's going to exactly. tell me that, right? Okay, so <laughs> don't try to tell me. And don't try to tell me, like, you know, there was an actual sphinx that someone, you know, modeled after. You know what I mean? Of course, we know it wasn't actually right. called the sphinx, but, you know, I'm just saying the sphinx for everyone's benefit because we all know what I'm talking about when I say sphinx. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, don't, I don't buy that people only make things that they've seen before. You know what I mean? That they, that they right. never make things from their imagination. I don't buy that. They try to sell you that on the history channels, you know, ancient aliens bullshit. And, but they're not, but you're not going to, you're not going to sell me on that on my show. It's just not going to happen. Um, I need a little bit more evidence <laughs> than, oh, well, people don't have imaginations. They only make things that they see. Okay, prove it. <laughs> right, right, um, right. Or they'll tell you, you know, well, most people believe it. You know, not everybody can be wrong. You'll get that argument as well. And then they'll take you around a group of their friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, but most people believe a lot of things that aren't true. So, I mean, exactly. there's, there's, pro- there's a lot of people who are walking around right now who think that pulling out <laughs> during intercourse will keep them from having kids. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, but that lets you know they didn't pay attention in that health class. I thought everybody had to have that if they, one semester. If they had health class, you're, you're assuming yeah. they had health class or that they paid attention. Right, so, exactly. Case, um, There's this thing called pre, P-R-E. Look that up. You don't know, but anyway... <laughs> Anyway, I, I don't know why I used that example. It was just I just had to come up with something that was ridiculous that people actually believe and say out of their mouths, that we've all heard that they've said out of their mouths. So no one can deny that that's been said. Because I don't want people coming back to me, well, not everybody believes that. It's like, no, we all know someone who said that out of their mouths, and we've all, you know, put our head in our, you know, done the, you know, face palm afterwards. So. Exactly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they also claim that uh, Christopher Columbus and others, um, you know, said that they were encountering African people. Of course, they don't cite sources. Um, they also um, say that uh, one person said that they described the people that they encountered in the Americas as red, and they and this Booker T. Coleman person said, you can't have red without brown and black. <laughs> that's, like, that proves, <laughs> like, that proves, that just proves this point. I was like, you know what? I was like, and done. I have, um, I have no objections. <laughs> clearly, oh, clearly wow. you're right. You know what I mean? Wow. But, um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to figure it out because I'm going through the color scheme of my head. And anyway, 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 go ahead, girl, because I'm getting ready to trip, and I don't think you even want me going there, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, the same person, Booker T. Coleman, claims that the 18th dynasty of Egypt can be tracked on their journey down the Mississippi River. No, no evidence that that ever happened. No sources cited. Um, Phil Valentine claimed that um, that Memphis, uh, the Memphis that was in Egypt, was also here in the United States. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Are they offering any evidence for this stuff? None. Absolutely none. Because only, you know, like there's an Alexandria in Virginia. Clearly Alexander made it across the ocean and conquered, you know, Alexandria, Virginia. Why else would it be called Alexander, Virginia, if, if Alexander didn't conquer it? You know what I mean? Wow. Like, come the hell on, you know? <laughs> that is, I, I, you know, the stupid. I mean, seriously. You know, excuse me, I don't like calling this. Wow. Wow. From the United States, Critical really? thinking. Critical thinking. Really? People. And see, and, and, and then you not, I can't. I mean, you've been encouraging me to watch this thing, and I just can't bring myself to do it. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm trying to bring forth, you know, critical shit on this show on Sundays and, you know, and, and you know, all the other stuff that we're doing. I can't clog my mind with this. I mean, it's bad enough I know quite a bit of it already. 
I but know. But the closet new shit, and you know, you catch me on a good day, my ass be half damn conscious, and I'll end up spitting that shit out and thinking about it like, that's not true. No, come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> They said it, and they were dead serious when they said it, too. Like, I looked, I looked, I was like, I'm I'm looking to see if maybe there's, like, some expression. Like, I know what I'm saying out of my mouth is bullshit, but I'm saying it for the benefit of this person's self-esteem. And there was none of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Okay. So, I mean, so did barbecue come from Africa, and then they sent it to Memphis and and over here? Yep. Dry rub, dry rub came right out of uh, dry rub came out of Luxor actually. If you didn't know, oh, came out of Luxor. Okay. What about potato mm-hmm. salad? Came potato out of salad, potato salad. Potato salad came from Nubia. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Despite the fact they had no potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's why they have those Irish slaves, right? It's a wooden native potatoes from Ireland. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, that was the starch road. That was the starch road, you know. That there was the starch road. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The great no 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 true story. The Great Potato Famine was not actually a famine, as much as it was um, the result of raids by Africans for potatoes. Exactly. No, I'm uh, I can't that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I mean, we're we're down. We're going. We're jumping down this rabbit hole. Let's just go ahead first. <laughs> let's, let's just go ahead first. Let's just, let's just go all in. <laughs> oh man! Um, oh man! So yeah, I think I'm so gonna call myself um, some claws that annoy my damn neighbors later. Go ahead. Oh my goodness, it's funny. But um, <laughs> they also they also seem to think that like anything that sh- that like where you find braiding, like if you find like you know, someone with braids, that those are obviously African braids because no one else was braiding. Um, Let's see. Um, Oh, Phil Valentine. Oh, this clown. I'm I'm just going to have to do a whole blog on Phil Valentine because every time I encounter this fool, I I hear the most ridiculous shit ever. But Phil Valentine claims that Mansa Musa of Mali, who was a very rich king, very rich king. A, there are t- there are stories about him, and this is true. They talk about this. There there is a story about him making a pilgrimage to Mecca and throwing off the entire Egyptian economy because he gave out so much gold. So oh, wow. there are there are stories about Mansa Musa. Now, not sure how true that is, but it is true that he was a very rich man. But that that's the story that is that is you know you know that is the lore around him. But uh-huh. in any case, um, very rich king. He went on a pilgrimage or whatever. Um, and, you know, there's really great stories about him. You should probably read about him, guys. But um, Philip Valentine claims that Mansa Musa became Montezuma. What? Yes. How? That he, that he How? took a flotilla of That he took a flotilla of ships and that he wound up. In um in 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 Mexico, 
and um, became Montezuma. Now, what is funny about this, though, is um, Phil Valentine obviously has not done any research because Mansa Musa lived roughly around 1280 to 1337. Montezuma, uh, or this uh, Moctezuma, rather, the, the first lived 1398 to 1469, and his son from 1466 to 1520. Those dates don't match up. There's not even overlap. He was reincarnated. Like he was yeah, reincarnated. He, was reincarnated. <laughs> yeah, he used his third eye to reincarnate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he reincarnated yeah. twice. Man, his flotilla. I want a magic carpet for Christmas. I don't even celebrate Christmas, but if you can give me a magic carpet, I'll celebrate that no, shit. No, but she has melanin. Because oh, he has better than the magic carpet. He has melanin. That's right. That's right. I have to work on that. I have to work on my limitation right. skills. You got to work on your limitation skills. You got to work on it. Don't let anybody take your melanin, girl. Well, I was deprived. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then there's uh, then there's another claim. Uh, so they make claims about various uh, Native American tribes being um, supposedly African looking. Um, they show a lot of different paintings and drawings of um, of you know of the Native American people, um, and some of them are drawn black or you know in very dark colors. Um, you know, I guess. That's supposed to prove that these people were black people, um, but we, but we, we know from you know, we know that you know a lot of these people who were doing this were very racist individuals. So maybe they, you know, so 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 they didn't have any motivation, you know what I mean, to draw these people, uh-huh. you know what I mean, as something that they were familiar with, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So I mean that they were that they were always one hundred percent African, you know, accurate. You know what I mean? In their depictions, you know these were these wow. were savages in their minds. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And anything black was, you know, negative because of the racism. Right. So, so yeah. So there was um, there's that, and then they were talking about um, the Melungians. Um, the term Melungian wasn't actually used until the 1800s, but they claimed that the Melungians show that Africans were here in the Americas before Europeans. Okay, well, um, funny thing about that. <laughs> DNA analysis shows that, because um, they're usually, Melendians are usually thought to be triracial. Um, mm-hmm. but funny thing, and they've always been thought that way. I thought that they were that way until just this week when I read an article that actually came out earlier this year, um, testing DNA testing, you know, Melendians living today. They're actually mm-hmm. biracial. They're actually the result of biracial exactly. pairings of black men and white women from Europe, um, and exactly. that they were probably they were probably the um, oh sorry mm-hmm. I was going to say they were probably um, indentured servants together. These were you know the and because of the um, prohibitions on race mixing, they mm-hmm. left and um, they left North Carolina and Virginia and those places, and they settled in um, the mountains of Tennessee where they would, you know, they would not be, you know, harassed or, you know, you know, exactly. have their lives threatened. So and many um, of them 
coming across and saying that they were Portuguese, and they were surprised when they found out they were actually biracial, exactly. Exactly. Or the results of biracial pairings. But, um, but yeah, right. they're, 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 they range in all shades now. Um, so, you know, um, because they've, you know, just over time they've bred with each other and bred with, you know, other people in the area, so. But um, but yeah, right. Melungians are the are actually not um, as exotic as everyone once thought. So mm-hmm. um, so they talked about that, um, and there was something else. Oh, the other thing to remember is is that um, there's also um, DNA analysis on Native Americans, and they are they have been found to be you know, more, more most genetically similar to Asians living today. So prove, proving yet yet again that this idea of Africans coming to the Americas, um, you know, it, before European explorers is bunk. And then the other thing to also keep in mind, or another thing that I saw in the documentary, was they had um, shown a picture of a man from Tierra del Fuego, who they claimed was a native South American, and they claimed this person, um, you know, shows that Africans were in South America before Europeans. Funny thing about that picture: the picture in the documentary, and they don't even, they don't even, they they show this. They actually wrote this on the picture that the picture came from 1900. Well, what would Africans be doing in South America by 1900? I wonder. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like, hmm, let's try to hmm. Japanese you. Okay, why? <laughs> Do we need some Jeopardy music? Maybe I'll get some Jeopardy yeah. music for the show. But, um, but yeah, so like, so that's just something else I thought I would mention. And then they talked about Benjamin Banneker, um, and they were talking about how he was a Moor no evidence that he actually was a Moor, although there is some, some you know, um, there's, you know, evidence that his father was African. Um, you know, that's in his document, you know, that's that's documented. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so they're talking about his photographic memory and, um, you know, they're talking about his skill as an astronomer, and I don't really think that anyone can really, um, you know, refute that so much, but um, they they said that he laid out D.C. according to the heavens, as though that matters. Um, as though, and, uh, you know, it's the same. It's oh, the that same, kind um, of fucked up because D.C. is nuts. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> You're so funny. Especially, I, I really hate that D.C. has their lights on the side and not overhead. That really annoys right. the hell out of me. I had to, <laughs> no, no. Okay, this is completely aside, but I had a teacher in college who said that when he first went to D.C., he was driving around, and he was like, woo, this is great. <laughs> There's no red lights or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just running through. He was just running through. He said people were honking at him, and there were folks, like, yelling at him and, like, flicking him off. And he was like, people in D.C. are mean, but I love their streets. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were welcoming him to the city. <laughs> 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 
Oh, that is hilarious. I know that has that nothing is... to do with anything, but that was just, I was just something that brought to mind because you told me that. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, first of all, who cares whether or not this, the, you know, something is aligned with the stars. The stars, you know, don't determine our actions. They don't, you know, they don't, astron- astrology is not a science. Astrology is, is you know, pseudoscience. It's quackery it Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with anything um you know modern astronomers will tell you that you know over time you know the positions of of the stars and things change the earth wobbles you know what i mean so none of these things really matter in the long scheme of things you know that something is aligned with the stars what does that mean (laughs) you know right okay so what you know (laughs) um exactly Okay, someone no, in the no, chat exactly. Okay, ahead, someone hi. was talking about the the thing about telling you about with the picture from um, mm-hmm. Sierra del Fuego, and the picture was taken in 1900, and they said it was proof that they were there prior to that time. Okay, but sir, in the chat room, why would they be in South America prior to 1900? When did slavery? When did slavery start? Think about those things. Yeah, and then get back to me. So moving on. Um, <laughs> well, you, um, I wanted to bring something. You mentioned the Moors a couple of times, and yeah. I know they're big on the Moors. And um, the Moors were kicked out of Spain, you guys. I want you to go and do some research on that. Do some research on who the Moors are. Um, you know, there's some royalty in there. But that's because they mixed, you know, with some of the royal family. But do some research on that. Um, in that Frances Cress Welting book, she talked a lot about the Moors. And that woman really seemed obsessed with sex. I mean, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you she know, guys, do all the time, she has penis every, at everything she looks at. You know, I mean, I'll never look at the Capitol the same way ever again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah, so um, they also make a claim that Big Ben is named after um, Benjamin Banneker, but Big Ben, actually most people think that Big Ben is actually the clock tower, but Big Ben is actually not the clock tower. That's Elizabeth's tower. Big Ben is the bell inside of the clock tower. Right. Um, and it's not named for him. Um, the other thing that they talked about was the Statue of Liberty. You guys can you guys can Snopes it. It's not true. There 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 was um, there is one theory about the Statue of Liberty that has some um, some some hints of truth to it, and that is, is that it was given as a celebration of the end of slavery, but not necessarily have meant you know was meant to be a black woman, um, you know. So you can look that up, guys. Um, let's see. Um, talked about those things. Um, talked about the the humor. Talked about HIV. Oh. They talked about the Dogon, particularly in the second one. So the Dogon is a tribe in Africa, and um, according to the pseudo-history they offer in the documentary, the Dogon was a um, one of the supposed tribes that was involved in Kemet. And when the Dogon left, they supposedly took all of this rich astrological knowledge, which we now know is not as rich as people once 
thought. Um, they were supposed to have seen Sirius with the naked eye before telescopes were able to see Sirius. However, there's no evidence that that actually occurred. And, in fact, the um, anthropologist that initially wrote the work dealing with um, the Dogon, um, they they um, actually confabulated a little bit. They um, they were guilty of confabulation. They um, sort of imparted to the natives, um, the, the the Dogon, that you know Sirius and these other things existed, and um, place and these people placed them in their cosmology. So there's. There's evidence on that. Um, you know, the Skeptic magazine actually has a good article on it. Um, but you can you can find this information. It's out there. Um, let's see. Um, sorry, my cat is doing weird things now. Um, let's see. They have they started talking about the feminist movement, um, and they claim that the government created the feminist movement wrong. Uh, they claim that women's rights were not in jeopardy in the black community, wrong. Um, see Ida, you know, see Ida B. Wells, um, see, you know, a lot of the black women's organizations that were working on the behalf of black women, you know, in the early um, 1900s and in the late 1800s. Um, that Those things directly refute that. Um, they talk about, oh, Phil Valentine, once again, <laughs> dropping, dropping knowledge. <laughs> uh, claims that to destroy the enemy you have to get rid of the cultural perception of authority, i.e. the black man, the masculine principle, the head of the family. Bullshit. Anyway, um, they claim that by taking away the head of the family that that takes away the man's rights. Um, they claim that men can no longer be men, so they decide to act like women. And this is where the homophobia starts to kick in. They start showing right. videos of men twerking, and then they start talking about white supremacy and, um, you know, Frances Cress Welsing's, you know, theory um, where she claims that um, pants hanging down is a subconscious invitation to homosexual sex and that the effeminization of black men is at epidemic levels and that it's going to lead to genocide. Yeah. She says that. Yeah. And most of what I've talked about is really just in the first film, but a lot of it's repeated in the second film. Um, you know, Hidden Colors 2 is about two hours and 30 minutes too long. And the whole movie is two hours and 30 minutes. So that just tells you what I think about that film. What I think about all the films, actually. They're they're too long. They they should not have been made. They're... Um, they're pseudo history, you know. They're pseudo. They're you know. They're just full of pseudo intellectualism and you know poor scholarship. No sources are provided. Um, it's just a shame. And we only have about two minutes and forty seconds left. So um, with that, I'm going to pretty much wrap up this show. I probably won't talk about this again, although I know that there's a Hidden Colors 3 coming out next year. Oh, I do want to say one thing before I leave, because I, I said something nice about it in the beginning, and I'll say something nice about it now. The only thing about particularly Hidden Colors 2 that I liked was Michelle Alexander's part, because Michelle Alexander was talking about the new um, Jim Crow, and her and her scholarship is is excellent, but it's all the stuff that they threw on top of that that was bullshit. So, unfortunately, I'm not sure that Michelle Alexander knew what she was contributing to, but at least at least she injected something factual into an otherwise <laughs> bullshit film. 
And so I just wanted to leave it there. But um, we've had some really great shows this week. Um, Vita did a show on mixed topics um, on Thursday. You guys can find that in the archives. Alfred and Carl did a show. Um, I also think they talked about various hot topics in the news. Um, so you guys check that out. Um, Kim is going to do the second, or is it the second or the third part? It's the third part, it's right? It's the third part, third, third and part. final. The third and final part to keeper down. Sorry, uh, the final, the third and final part to the um, series on the political um, aspects of the God concept, and um, we'll have some other great shows coming up for you in the next week. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, you guys can always contact me through Kim or um, at my, um, at my on my blog. Um, or at the address for my blog, which is roads period dot um, or period to reality um, to period reality at gmail dot com. So <laughs> until next time, guys. Sorry, I'm rushing, but we're out of time. <laughs> See you in two weeks. Bye. The original Asiatic women. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.